Would you stand up on your feet all across this place as I introduce my beloved brother, uh, Pastor Joshua Morocco. I met long, long ago when he was, I think, about 12 years old, something like that. And uh, I've watched him, watched him be raised up, tremendous worship leader, had a real youth revival, and then time went by and he made him one of the great pastors in America. He's being mightily used by God, not only impacting King's Cathedral and chapels worldwide with innovative ideas and strategies on how to grow and to reach this whole new culture, but just comes with a fresh word in his mouth and just love you, Pastor Josh. Would you put your hands together for Pastor Josh Morocco? Somebody give Jesus some praise. Come on, somebody just. Now, I'm, I'm a little confused because somebody told me, somebody told me that um, this church is experiencing a revival and that there's some crazy, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-empowered believers here in Wasilla, Alaska. And I, I just, I, I just... I just need to hear some people in this place lift their voice and give Jesus some praise. Come on, somebody. Come on, you can lift your voice better than that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, we honor you. Lord, you are here. And you are moving in our midst, even right now. For Lord, there are people that desperately need a refreshing right now. Those hearts that are in pain. Those who are weary, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray a release right now of your glory. Lord, we're not desperate for a manifestation. We're desperate for your person and who you are, that we may encounter you and all that you are. Come, Holy Spirit. Invade this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God's healing someone right now that's been having pain in your right rib. If that's you, just put your hand right where that pain is. In your right rib. God's healing you right now. Just put your hand right there. Father, I thank you for your healing power. In the name of Jesus. There's that person that's, every time you breathe in, every time you breathe in, there's been a cracking right here in the middle of your chest. If that's you, simply just put your hand right now. God's healing. He's healing people right now. If that's you, you just put your hand right there in that pain is. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power right now. Right now. There, there are multiple people here. There's three ladies, one man. You, you have you, all the time, systematically, you just have tremors in your hand. I see you just standing there and just kind of like this, just all the time, no matter what you're doing. 
If that's you, I want you to just lift your hands to the Lord right now. If you, if you find yourself having tremors in your hands, there's three ladies, one man. Just lift your hand right where you are. Father, I pray a release now of your healing. Healing right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you now. We thank you now. That person that's been having fear because every time you breathe through your nose, it started a little bit ago, but you'd breathe through your nose and you'd have this um, burning sensation. And you thought, well, maybe I just have a cold, but it's persisted and it's, it's bringing fear to your life. And I just believe that by the time this service is over tonight, that's going to be completely gone. As a matter of fact, you've had it for three months. Every time you breathe in through your nostrils, there's this burning sensation. Lord, I pray healing now in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Can we give Jesus one more round of praise in this house? Hallelujah. Just remain standing as we get into the word. As we get into the word, turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. While you're turning there, I just want to say I have the incredible honor and privilege to travel to Alaska with probably some of the greatest men on the planet. And uh, God's doing such a wonderful work there on Oahu. And one of the things he's doing is not just an outpouring of his spirit, but a raising up of a mighty army of men and women of God that are filled with the spirit, bold, courageous, madly in love with Jesus, madly in love with people. And I'm telling you, it's, it's my honor and privilege to be able to traveling. I'm traveling with 11 of those men, and they are powerful men of God, each one of them in their own right, with huge destinies and huge calls. And I love you guys. It's an honor to be with you. And, uh, but also, I just have to say this. Um, I'm convinced you have some of the greatest pastors, not just in America, but on the planet. Now look, now look, listen, wait, hold on, hold on. Don't get excited yet, because I know you have a lot of guest speakers that come. And there's this one time I, um, I had a guest speaker that I'm, I'm telling you, he talked me up like I was the greatest thing since sliced bread on my pulpit. And I just, I fell in love with the guy. I was like, man, this guy's amazing. And so I started, I started following him, right? And then I found out that the next three churches that he went to, he said the exact same thing about those pastors. And I'm like, it's like a line he had memorized. So I was like, what? But I, I just, I got to say that, I got to say that because, because I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. I'm in love with your pastors. And look, I got to tell you, they are some of the greatest people. This is not a memorized script. I'm not just saying this so that he'll invite me back. He doesn't have a choice. <laughs> so I got to tell you right now, you need to understand this. You, they're, they're, he's not just a phenomenal preacher. He's not just an incredible prophet. He loves you guys, both of them, Pastor Karen and Pastor Ann, love you guys so much. They give their life for this place. And I just think we need to honor them real quick before we move on any further. Come on, church, you need to honor your pastors. Are you guys ready to get into the word? 
Romans chapter 4, verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Somebody say that right now. According to what? You got you to gotta say it like God's about to speak something to you. According to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. I believe that one of the things that's going to be demolished and destroyed at this conference is that there has been an attack upon many of you in this place, and it is attack of a spirit of unbelief. I'll say that again, a spirit of unbelief attacking your faith. So that you don't step into your promise. And I believe that there is an anointing, a bondage-breaking anointing in this house to crush that spirit of unbelief. Now listen to this. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. Oh, come on, somebody. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able. <laughs> Woo, he was able to perform. Hmm. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Let's pray. Father, I pray an anointing upon this word, an anointing upon, your ear, upon our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, that we may be changed. Lord, we love you. We love your word. <clears throat> let this not just be some useless exercise, but Lord, let this be a moment where we get a breakthrough, a word that will change us forever in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said... Amen and amen. You may be seated. Look at that person next to you and say, declare it. Come on. So, you know, you need to do better than that. I need your guys' help. Look, this room, this room tonight is full with incredible people, people that are full of faith. I got anybody here full of faith? All right. So I need your help. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't need you to preach to me, but can I tell you, I preach shorter if I know you're getting it. Just, just... I preach shorter if I know you're getting it. And so if, I, if you're not responding back to me, I think, oh, I maybe need to try another angle. And so, you know, so, but if, if, you're, if you're speaking it, you know, and you're like, ooh, 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 I got it. It's good. Now, you don't have to say ooh. That's weird. But anyways, if I know you got it, I can, I can say, okay, I can move on to, to, the, to the next point, right? So I'm just saying, help me help you. Help me. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So one more time, look at that person next to you and say, declare it. The title of my message this evening, if you're taking notes, is declare it. Declare it. This is actually a first-time word for me, and if I've preached this before, I don't know. I forgot, but I know this is the first time I preached it at this church. And I began to cry out to the Lord. I said, Lord, I need a word for this church. I don't want to just come with some recycled word, that, like my favorite word that I preached in a series in our church. I need to come with a fresh word for Casey, Alaska. Because, and I, let me tell you why. 
because this is a very important moment that you are walking into. And we cannot take this moment lightly. We cannot, we cannot walk through this moment nonchalantly thinking that, oh, well, we can regain time or we can retrace our steps. This is a moment where you have to be extremely careful of how you're walking through. You've got to be extremely careful how you're walking through this season of your life. Your eyes have to be on him. You have to be focused. But what I believe, and I need to make this distinction before I start, and I want to, read, I want to say this to you. This message tonight, let me make this clear. This message tonight has nothing to do with positive or negative confession. I know, I know that within the church, we understand the power of positive confession. This is not one of those sermons. I'm not, going, try, I'm not going to try and convince you to have a positive confession. Can I tell you why? Because the, the body of believers have been fed a lie. Let me tell you what I mean by that lie. I really want to come down here, but the lighting down here is not that good, and I want to look good in camera, so. Anyways. Let me, let me tell you what I mean we've been fed a lie is that we believe that everything's about a positive confession. The problem with that is that there are situations and circumstances where it's not always a positive confession that needs to happen. Be careful about this. Be careful. Now listen, listen, listen. This is what I'm talking about. We want to be so nice and we just want to declare and we just want to be like, oh God, you're lovely. But it's created within us a lack of bite and fight. Now let me, let me explain you what I mean. We just want everything to be roses and butterflies and so sweet and nice and just positive confession. I'm not talking about positive or negative confession. I'm not talking about the name it, claim it tonight. What I'm talking about is declaring what God says. It has nothing, this message has nothing to do with simply positive or negative confession. This is a God declaration message. I want tonight to convince you that we have to speak not just so focused on the positive, that's awesome, be positive, but also we've got to make sure that we are saying what God says. Can I give you another point? God may say that's dysfunctional. But if we're so wrapped up in, oh, positive confession, we'll never deal with the dysfunction. Can I tell you something? That in Scripture, God didn't just bless everything. Uh, someone needs to hear this. God didn't just bless everything. He cursed some stuff too. Can I tell you why? Because if he continued to bless something, now you got to understand something here. Let me just help you understand something. If something's evil and dysfunctional, when you understand the power that God has in blessing something, as long as he continues to bless the dysfunction, it'll continue to be dysfunctional. So what God does is he removes his blessing from something and actually in scripture curses it so that it can die so that it could be reborn. Are you, are you with me? 
So that's why I get concerned about a church thinking everything's positive confession because we never deal with the mess. But we want the blessings of God and God's saying, I'm sorry, I can't bless that. It's dysfunctional. I can't bless that. There's sin on that. There's a curse. On, I'm not going to bless what you're cursing through your lifestyle, through your mindset, through your attitude. Now, I'm not telling you to walk around cursing people. I'm not telling you to walk around being negative, but we've got to deal with something, and it's this. We've got to shift our thinking from measuring everything with the positive and the negative to measuring everything with being in alignment to what he is saying and what he is declaring. I don't want just, ne I don't want just positive words spoken over this church. I want God declarations spoken over your life. I don't want just somebody to come up to me and say, you're awesome. You look really good in black. I don't need somebody to come up to me and convince me I'm good looking. I need somebody to declare over me the word of the Lord. And that's what I chase after. And that's what the church should be. It's not a declare of the negative or the positive, but a declare of the word of the Lord. I want to speak the word of the Lord over my wife. I want to speak the word of the Lord over my marriage. I want to speak the word of the Lord over my finances. But if I get wrapped up being so enamored with speaking positive, I just got to speak positive over my marriage. Just, just always positive. No, speak the word of the Lord. Get passionate about pursuing his word for your situation. What is God declaring over your life? What is God declaring over your finances? What is God declaring over your marriage? I want us to take a look at this passage. Romans chapter 4. I want us to get into this and I want us to see that the significance of this is number one. Paul paints an incredible picture of the nature of God in order to declare what God is declaring. In order to declare what God is declaring, you have to be familiar. You know what? I don't like that word. Sorry. You have, you have to be intimate with his nature. Not just aware or familiar. You have to be intimate with his nature. You have to know his Nature. John chapter 10, all of you know this scripture. You've been in a powerful church that preaches the word. John chapter 10, verse 25 says this. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of, they bear witness of me. What is that? They reveal my nature, which reveals his nature. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep, hear my the sh my sheep what my voice and know them we have to know his nature it is impossible to declare what god is declaring if you don't know his nature what you know of him will determine your interaction with him which will direct what you declare what you know of him will determine how you interact with him. If you see God as angry, if you see God as distant, that will determine how you interact with him. Yeah. 
But if you see him as a gracious, loving, merciful God who actually pursues you even before you had the ability to pursue him, he pursued you, it begins to change how you interact with him. And then that interaction begins to develop now. What you know of him, it begins to develop, that interaction begins to develop how close you get and what you allow him to do in your life. What you allow him to speak over you, even really what you tune into. God, I want to hear you. I want to, I want to know you. I want to, I want to understand you because I, I, I see you in this light. And now I want to just draw closer and closer and closer to you. And this is what's amazing. Is that begins to direct what you speak. There's a kingdom language. I want everybody to make sure you understand this. There's a kingdom language. Someone say that with me. A what? Kingdom language. I, I love my, um, here some incredible men of God came with us. I love them, but they irritate me. Um, they're from Oahu. They've been in our church. As a matter of fact, Victor, um, mighty man of God who started a Russian ministry. He actually came here. He didn't come here to come to the prophetic conference. He came here because he is going to do everything he can to help you guys start a Russian ministry. We're going to reach some Russians in Alaska. Come on, somebody. That's the reason he came here. But, but, can, I, but can I tell you something? I get irritated. As much as I love them, I get irritated because they think they have the right to just go off and start speaking Russian whenever they want. And here we are, we're all speaking English. We're all speaking English. And they have the audacity to just start speaking Russian. Who do they think they are? And like in me, in me, in me, I wanna be like, dude, keep it English. Because I don't know if you guys, if, if this is you, maybe it's just me, I am positive. As much as I know they love me, they're talking about me. Anybody know what I'm talking? Things are running around in my head. And I am convinced that even though they could be talking about, oh, how beautiful the mountains are, how awesome Alaska is, they're talking smack about me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because this is the thing. If it wasn't about me, then they'd be speaking my language. Right? Right? <laughs> But can I tell you something? It's interesting because that's how we interact with God. See, God has a language. It's a kingdom, it's a kingdom language. But the problem is we're not willing to learn the language. Now, can I, can, I, can I tell you something? It's not just the ability to articulate the language. It's the ability to know the language. And, and this is the, the, the problem. If I don't want there, see, Victor and Alex are amazing men of God. Now, I can make up every excuse Anytime they start bussing out Russian, I could, I, could, I could make every excuse. I could have every problem. I could have every apprehension and fear and concern that they're talking smack about me. And I can develop. Now watch this. I can begin to develop my own thinking about what's being said. And then I spend the rest of my time in bewilderment because I don't understand the language. 
and I get frustrated and I get isolated because I can't join in the conversation. And you know the problem is? The problem's not them. The problem's me. Why? Because I am mandating that in order for us to interact, they have to speak my language. And I am unwilling to speak their language. So my friends, can I ask you this question? Whose fault is it? Don't get mad at God if God has a language and he's speaking a language that you're missing. Can I tell you, I have a problem with Jesus. Can I tell you the problem I have with Jesus? Jesus has the audacity to live his life in this relationship with God that he never had to ask God for anything. When he multiplied the bread, he wasn't like, oh God, Father, 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 please, Father, please. God, God, listen, God, listen to me right now. I need you. 5,000 men, we got a problem. Five loaves, two fish, help. He didn't say that. Why? He spoke a different language. He spoke kingdom language. What did he do? He blessed it. He blessed it and then handed it out. (laughs) When he healed the paralytic, he didn't sit there and go, okay, God, we got another one. We got a dilemma. Father, 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 please, 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 please. He spoke kingdom language. Now watch this. You ready? I spoke this last time I was here. He spoke kingdom language. Your sins are forgiven. He went to the heart of the matter. And then he said, oh, okay. Now, secondly, rise, pick up your mat and walk. He didn't ask the father one time. He didn't ask the father to turn water into wine. He didn't ask the father to multiply bread. He didn't ask the father to heal the woman with the issue of blood. I don't understand it. And so here we are, and we're going around asking, 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 asking why we don't understand kingdom language. We don't understand the power of declaration. Let me ask you a question. See, there's things we ask the Lord for. The Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives it to him freely, generously. But did you know there are things you actually don't even have to ask for because they're already done? But see, when you understand kingdom, when you understand the nature of God, it changes your speech. It changes the way you talk. You're not, I, we, had a, we had a person, I actually don't allow them to pray for people at the altar anymore. Because someone came to the altar, they, come up, they came up to pray for him and laid hands on him and said, how can I pray for you? Well, I need this miracle. All right. Well, Lord, Lord, Father, we just, we ask, Lord, please, Lord, please do a miracle. And Lord, if it be your will. Now watch this, watch this. Lord, if it be your will, please heal them. Please, Lord. Okay, amen. Can I tell you what happened? That person left the church thinking that if God didn't heal them, then God actually put that sickness upon them. Sickness wasn't God's will. But if we understood what God's will was and what he already set in place by his nature and by his action, then our language would change. See, God's language is not a foreign language. We've made it a foreign language because we're talking something else. We've decided to speak a different language. What we have to do is begin to learn his language. That means it requires intimacy. 
in the same way that I have to learn how to speak Russian so I can make sure they're not talking smack about me. No. Just joking. In the same way I need to learn Russian, I, I learn Russian by spending time with them. I learn Russian by really getting in and going, okay, how, how does this happen? What does this work? What is this? What is that? What is this? Show me. Show me. I spend time learning the language, making mistakes, speaking it, speaking it. Okay, say it again. Okay, I say it. Say it again. I say it. Now, now what does this mean? The same way you learn another language is the same way you learn the language of the kingdom. And we're never going to be able to declare what God is declaring until you learn the language of the kingdom. So Paul helps us understand that God has a nature and we have to understand that nature in order to declare what he's declaring. We have to understand his nature. But secondly, he says something is God who gives life to the dead and calls. Everybody say calls. That word calls. Kaleo in the, in the Greek, it's a powerful word. I'll tell you why. It's not just, it, it, it's twofold. It means this, number one, to call aloud, to utter in a loud voice, but also to give something a name. Did you hear what I just said? It's not just to shout out in the street, but it's actually declare something, to give something a name. That means to give something a name. Now watch, hold on. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta explain this. We live in a day and age where people have weird names. A matter of fact, matter of fact, the other day I met this girl. She had this funky name. I couldn't even say it, but I think I might cuss if I tried to say it. And I said, well, what, what does that name mean? She goes, nothing. As a matter of fact, it's the first three letters of my dad's name and the, the, the first three letters of my mom's name. Really? Okay. Now watch. This is the reason I'm making this such a big deal. Is because in the Greek culture, especially in the Hebrew culture, names meant something. So when you gave them a name, for one, you were declaring it over them every day. You called them. But secondly, you were giving them an identity. When you understand how God functions and how God works, you have to realize that he calls us. He declares over us. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. It is not, watch, it is not him just calling forth destiny and saying, okay, miracle come. It's him now giving it an actual identity, a purpose, a call, a name, a function. Are you getting this? A function. Friends, you've got to understand this. When we declare, we're not just voicing something out there in the wind. When we stretch our hands out towards this building, Josh, I love Josh. Can I just tell you I love Josh? He's driving us from the airport. And he starts, he starts prophesying and declaring over that skeleton of a building. 
And he's just declaring that thing filled. He's declaring that thing a landmark and a light. I'm just, I'm listening to him. Now he's doing it under his breath. He's like, Jesus. And he's like driving and stretching his hand out as well. I'm like, dude, put your hand back on the wheel. There's ice everywhere. And he's just like, Jesus. Now, can I tell you, we're driving up and we're like, great. A lot of metal. You know the difference between Josh's view and my view? Is he called it. All I could see was steel. But Josh called it. That means he already put an identity. He already put a purpose on it. He already put a promise on it. He started declaring what it was going to be even before it. If you get this, it'll change the way you approach your marriage. It'll change the way you approach your spouse. It'll change the way you approach your money. It'll change the way you approach your body. It'll change the way you approach your destiny. Why? Because if you see it with different eyes, you begin to speak it differently. Your declaration will be different. Why? It won't be a declaration of what is, but it'll be a declaration of what will be. Do you have the faith to declare not what is now, but will be? My husband's a jerk. You said it first. Pastor, I'm poor. You said it. I got to move on because I literally have like five more minutes left in this sermon. You got you to learn how to call it. Somebody say call it. So number one, if we're going to declare, if we're going to declare what God declares is we have to know his nature. Secondly, we have to have faith to be able to call it, name it, give it an identity, give it a purpose. Be, friends, listen, have enough faith to actually declare on something, something miraculous and supernatural. Don't get so caught up in the now that you lack the ability to actually declare something to be what is almost impossible into existence. Can we keep going? Are you guys ready to keep going? There's a battle we're fighting. The battle is between his declaration and contrary declarations. Friends, there will always be a different point of view. Everyone's got an opinion. Your mother-in-law <laughs> has got an opinion. The doctor has an opinion. The church down the street has a stinking opinion. Come on now. Your spouse's best friend. They got an opinion. The government. Now let's help me out here. Come on. I need, I need you to help me preach. I need you to help me preach. Come on. Your enemy has an opinion. The devil's got. And can I, can I tell you, it's so funny because the enemy of your destiny is so loud with their opinion. Like they don't care who hears them. They're so bold with it. They're like, man, you're junk, this, this, this. And you got people declaring things over this church. Oh, come on. People declaring stuff over this state. 
and we allow them to be louder than our declaration. Why have we lost our boldness in godly declaration? Because it's strange, because it's weird, it's controversial. I rather speak something that is controversial, that is a promise of God, than allow contrary spirits and voices to derail me. We've got to learn and know how to discern that which is contrary to promise. If you don't know how to discern that, can I tell you, you will allow those declarations to come out of your mouth. Mm. Number three, you guys ready? I want to just deal with a couple things. Someone say this with me. The power of his declaration is unchanging and uncompromising. There is power in God's declaration. I mean, I want you to just think about this. Listen, listen to this. You, you need to hear this. In Genesis, the Bible says that the world was formless. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke his word. Now listen to this. His word. I'm going to say this over someone, and you can argue with me till you're blue in the face, but can I just say this right now? His word produces life, not death. His word produces life, not death. Now, that may be con you think that may be contradictory to what I said in the beginning. Because there's times where God curses things, but you have to realize something. God never kills, God never curses something to kill it. Now watch this. He curses it to change it. He curses it to reveal it. Now, how do we know this? Because the Bible even says that when we hand over someone to Satan for the destruction of their flesh, it's so that they'll turn back to God. God never reveals to kill. He reveals to heal and to restore. So God never speaks death. He speaks life. God's word never produces death. It produces life. It never produces chaos. It produces order. What does that mean? That his power has the ability to create. God's word, his declaration has the power to create. Can I tell you, some of you need God's creative power on your lips in your life. Because you may feel like your world is full of chaos. Or you may feel like there are formless aspects of your life and your destiny and your promise. But if you begin to understand that the word of the Lord has creative properties... That as you declare his word. Now I'm not just talking about the Bible. Genesis through Revelation. I'm not talking just simply about the Bible. I'm talking about Revelation. I'm talking about the prophetic revelation that he gives to us. That the word that you receive from him in prayer. That never contradicts the word. The Bible. That word 
as you declare it. You get a revelation from the Lord, start declaring it. Why? It has creative properties. <laughs> Someone said it has creative properties. Number two, the power of his word has power to heal. Oh, can I just read for you two scriptures? I love this. Is this okay? Psalm 107, 20. He sent his, he sent his, he sent, you got to do better than that. He sent his and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 says this. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Now listen to this. But just say the and my servant will be his word his declaration has the ability to heal his word has healing properties in it so you got to understand if you have problems in your marriage and dysfunction in your marriage stop speaking a curse over it stop speaking the word of the lord start speaking the word of the lord over your marriage because god can produce healing in your marriage right there don't go back to this function that brought the problems. Most of us in our marriage find ourselves in the problems and the dysfunction we're in because the problem with our mouth. Mm -hmm. The very thing the enemy tried to use to destroy you, God redeems to bring forth healing, to release healing. He sent, he sent. That means he released, he released his word and healed. Can I tell you, oh man, I, I gotta keep going. Oh, I, I, can go, I can go for hours on that point, but I think you got it. I heard enough amens to move on. Everybody say he's got the power to create. His word has the power to heal. Ready for this? His word has the power to exalt. What does that mean? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9 says this, And the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Now watch this. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. To root out, to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Where did the authority and the power to uproot, to plant, to build, to be exalted, where did that authority and power come from? I put my word in your mouth. So what does that mean? That God's word has the ability to exalt, not to exalt you, but to exalt the word. That his word would be exalted. That means something can be declared that is not godly. And then we begin, now we just hold on to those rules. We hold on to those ideologies. We hold on to those declarations like now they're law. But the problem is we become silent because we've adopted those declarations in our heart. Instead of declaring and decreeing the word of the Lord that exalts itself, exalts itself above every decree and every declaration in this world. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, I love our president. And I pray for him every day. 
Now, I didn't say I agree with everything he does and says, but I said I love him and I pray for him and I support him because he's my president. And if you have a problem with that, God can change your heart today. But as much as I love our president and I pray for our president, he can decree and declare whatever he wants. But when my God, when my God declares and decrees, it will always, always be exalted over every other decree and every other declaration that this world can. You understand that? Now, the, the reason that's so powerful is because every, decla- every decree and every declaration God speaks forth includes me. Applies to me. That is why everything that was spoken forth, declared and decreed in the book of Genesis, all the way through the book of Revelation, still applies. Why? Because his word is exalted. So it doesn't matter within a thousand years what has transpired, what has happened. It doesn't matter. Why? Because his word is already exalted. When it gets exalted, it doesn't matter what comes forth. It can't exalt itself over his word. So it doesn't matter who stands on another pulpit and says God doesn't heal today. He already spoke his word. His word is already exalted. So it doesn't matter what a doctor declares. Now, I'm not telling you not to listen to your doctor. Use wisdom. If your doctor tells you, hey, we've got great advances in medicine, and this can help heal your fungus. Please. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Take it. Please. Take it. But listen, listen, listen. It doesn't matter what he declares because there's a declaration that my God, my God, there's a declaration my God spoke forth that by his stripes, I'm healed. Can I, can I say this though? Can I, you got to be careful. Because when, when his word has the power to exalt, that means it has the ability to divide. His, his, his word divides. It divides. Why? Because his word brings forth truth and truth reveals the lie. I need to keep going. I've got a few more minutes. His word has the power to free. His word has the power to free. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says that the spirit of the Lord is on, is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to, to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom Proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to set the oppressed free. And here it comes again to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You have the ability to proclaim, to declare freedom. 
His, power, his word has the power to resurrect. Now, can I tell you why this is my favorite? Of course, we see in John eleven forty three. John eleven forty three. we see Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Something that was dead, determined dead. Just by his word had the ability to resurrect something. I get concerned how often in the church we determine something as dead. And then we walk away with it like God's done. When in that grave lies the potential for resurrection. Within your mouth lies the potential for resurrection. There's things that I've deemed dead in my life. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit shows up and says, I'm sorry, that's not dead. No, but Lord, it died like years ago. No, no, it's not dead yet. I'm resurrecting this thing. Okay, Lord, resurrect it. No, declare the resurrection. Lord, if you want it alive, <laughs> then you raise it. If you want it alive, Lord, you resuscitate the thing. Right? The problem is this. If I lack the ability to declare by faith life that brings forth resurrection, I'll never have the heart to embrace what God resurrects. Let me, let me say that one more time. Hold on. If I lack the faith to declare that which has been dead, if I lack the faith to declare resurrection, then I will not have the heart to be able to embrace that which God resurrects. Can I tell you how I got that? Can I tell you how I got that? When Mary comes to Jesus... Martha comes to Jesus first. Jesus, where were you? <laughs> Can I get somebody to come to the keys? I need a music person to come to the keys. Jesus, where were you? If you would have come three days before, my brother wouldn't have died. Right? And that, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm being myself. That's how I am. Jesus, if you just would have shown up, none of this would have happened. You know, the Bible says, this is irritating. The Bible says that Jesus stayed where he was. He just stayed here. And Martha went and got Mary and said, Mary, Jesus is here. The Bible says that Mary came crying, weeping. <laughs> I'm serious, like a bunch of weepers and criers. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, it's so funny because I've actually heard preachers preach that the reason why Jesus responded to Mary and not Martha, was because Mary had greater faith than Martha. Martha came to Jesus and be like, Jesus, sup. Mary was like, oh, Jesus. I'm serious. Listen, listen, I would say in that scenario, look, look, look at me. In the, <laughs> this is a bad place for me to stand. In that scenario, Martha actually displayed greater faith than Mary. 
But there is a heart that Mary had. And the Bible says Jesus stayed there till Mary came. And her heart of compassion and love moved God. Moved Jesus. And then the Bible said, after that, Jesus wept. Jesus didn't weep after Martha left. Jesus wept after Mary left. Now, the reason, you hear this, hear this. A lot of us, we want things to be resurrected and we celebrate in the resurrection, but we lack the heart and the compassion and the love to continue to nurture that which was dead. Mary and Martha had to have the ability once Lazarus was resurrected to embrace him. Can I tell you that most times when something dies, it does something to our heart. Losing something does something to our heart, our spirit. Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I've seen people lose something and it settles, that loss settles in their heart. And so even though God does a miracle, they can never accept or embrace the miracle because it's already died in them. And I've seen people miss it. Where God, listen, someone gets removed out of their life like a father. I got to say this. Someone gets removed out of their life like a father or a son or a brother or a wife, somebody. And all of a sudden, God resurrects that position in somebody else. But because death has settled in our hearts, We lack the ability to love and embrace that which God resurrected to us. His word has the power to heal. His word has the power to free. His word has the power to exalt. His word has the power to create. His word has the power to resurrect. Let me finish with this final scripture, John chapter 12, verse 49. Everybody turn with me there. (laughs) John chapter 12, verse 49. And we see there in Jeremiah this statement. He touched my mouth. He touched my mouth. I believe that God in his incredible love and power is touching your mouth tonight. He's redefining. He's fixing dysfunction and hurt and pain. Hopelessness that has has come out of your mouth for so many years. God's healing you. I went through this entire exercise tonight to make this final point. Friends, this is not about this is not about simply declaring the positive. I'm not here to try and convince you to just be a positive 
speaker. As a matter of fact, I don't even, even want to say this, speak life, because so many times it, 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 it has connotations just to, well, just speak positively. Declare his word. John 12, 49. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me, commanded me, commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Can I, can I leave you with one final question? Is your mouth tied to his? See here, in his mouth, in his declaration, in his word, is the power to heal, is the power to resurrect, is the power to create, is the power to exalt. But yet he says, I put my words in your mouth. He says, I can direct your words. And just as Jesus says, nothing that you have heard me say has come from me. It has come from the Father. I want that same declaration in my life. That nothing you have heard me say has come from me. But I declare what God says. For out of your mouth can come life. Out of your mouth can come healing. Out of your mouth can come freedom. Friends, this, is, this, is, this has less to do, this has less to do with you getting a prophetic word and learning how to declare his word. This prophetic, just, just to help you understand something, this prophetic conference is less about you receiving a word and a promise for your life, but learning how to shift gears, to shift the direction and the focus of your mouth, to begin to learn, to begin to know how to declare his word over your marriage, his word over your body, his word over your promise. Listen, I need somebody in here that's going to make a decision and going to make a commitment to say, you know what, Pastor Rod, I've been regurgitating every single thing on the news. So funny, you talk to people about politics. I'm like, man, I heard somebody say that. I heard somebody the other day on CBS, CNN, MSNBC, Fox say exactly what you just said. We're great at regurgitating. Chewing it up. Can you imagine if we put his words in our mouth? How it has the potential to change everything. Lift your hands to the Lord. Come on. Jesus. If you can pray in the Holy Ghost right now all over this house. Come on, just say that. Some of you right now, you need to change your confession. Look, I'm not just talking about a positive confession. Help me. I'm not just talking about a positive confession. You need to change your confession. You need to start having a God confession. Right now, I want every person in this house that needs a miracle in your marriage, needs a miracle in your body, 
needs a miracle in your life somehow, some way. Right now, I want you to begin to declare not a positive confession, but a God confession. Right now, lift your voice. You begin to declare over your body the word of the Lord. Begin to declare over your marriage the word of the Lord. Right now, come on, miracles are happening. He sent his word. He sent his word and healed their diseases. Freedom is happening in this place. Freedom is taking place right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Lift your voice. I'm serious. I'm so serious. Right now, we are going to activate our faith. Declare it. Declare it. Lord, I pray peace on my marriage. Lord, I pray healing on my marriage. I pray communication. I pray unity. I declare unity upon my marriage right now in the name of Jesus. I pray prosperity over my finances. Lord, I pray wisdom over my finances in the name of Jesus. I declare healing over my body. Back be made whole right now in Jesus' name. Ear be open right now in the name of Jesus. Look, can we tell the truth and shame the devil? It is not dependent upon simply what Pastor Daniel declares. Because he's only declaring what God is saying. And many of you are waiting for Pastor Daniel to call you out to declare something in your promise when God empowered you to declare over your promise a long time ago. I want everybody to stand on your feet right now. One last time, lift your hands. And I want you to declare the promises of the Lord right now. Come on, activate that faith. Begin to speak forth life. Begin to speak forth power right now. Healing. Healing. Healing in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Now I want everybody to do this right now. I want everybody to stop. I want everybody to say this with me. Jesus, forgive me for every ungodly declaration that I've allowed to come out of my mouth. Jesus, empower me to make godly declarations. In Jesus' name, amen. Now give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on. Oh, come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You may be seated. We're going to go ahead and receive an offering right now for Pastor Josh. If you've received spiritual things, it's biblical to so monetarily. We do that. It's a love offering. Ushers, would you help us, please? can give electronically or online those of you online the entirety of this will go to Pastor Josh's ministry great word you want to be sure to register for the conference registration uh, you, can, you can register tonight you can register online you can register tomorrow morning at uh, 8 o'clock it'll start at 9 p.m. 9 a.m. pardon me sharp we'll have numerous preachers and flow of the prophetic the gifts of the spirit from 9 till about noon we take a lunch break and then from 1 to 3 depends uh, how long that is but those that are in those what we call call out rooms 
we'll receive a prophetic word from one of these uh, team members. And it'll be life-changing. The, the reason I can stand here tonight is that somebody spoke the word over me. And then I learned to speak it myself and come into agreement with it. I don't know where you came from. God snatched me out of a, out of a dark place a long, long time ago. The reason you see a building on the hill, there's only one reason. So we just got in agreement with what God wanted to do, and we began to speak it and take steps of faith, being fully persuaded of the promise. And God is doing it over and over and over. We will move into that place. This building will sell. We move in, reach more and more people. God's going to pour out an amazing release of his glory over the state of Alaska. God's going to bring a great revival. God's going to save the lost, heal the sick, set the captives free. The opioid crisis will end. There'll come an amazing outpouring of the Spirit of God. He's bringing sons from afar and daughters from the ends of the earth. His children who he's created for his glory. Come on, we speak these things every morning. Need to learn to line your mouth up. What a great, great, great word. What a great word. Ushers, are we ready? Would you come, please? And tonight we'll be uh, giving presbytery over some of my staff, but I will close the service formally so you can slip out after that. And uh, so you all know who you are. You want to begin to get ready. Let Pastor Kirsten know that we'll be, there you are, Pastor Kirsten. We'll be ready here in just a moment. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We sow a seed, God, into the ministry of Pastor Joshua Morocco and this great conference and what you're going to do in and through it. Cause it to multiply even a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. Bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. Again, you can give electronically. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I know you're still giving, but let's do this as they're getting ready. If you're not right with God, those of you online, do not leave this place. Don't turn off the stream until you're getting right with Him. The reason we're here, you've been hearing it as He preached. We're here to reach the lost. We're here to expand the kingdom. We're here to make disciples of all nations. So every head bowed, every eye closed, you're not right with God, and you're here. You're online. You're under the sound of my voice, perhaps listening to the podcast on YouTube, Facebook Live. That's you. You want to get right with Jesus. There really is a place called hell. Jesus came, was crucified, rose again from the grave for you and me. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, we'll be saved. We've all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. You're going to live forever. Where you live is dependent upon whether you believe on the way, the truth, the life, Jesus. Crucified for you and me. Rose again on the third day. Give your life to Christ. Give your life to Jesus, whether it be for the first time or in recommitment because you drifted away. You know you've got compromise. You want to come home to the Lord tonight. Or thirdly, maybe the enemy just lies to you and you want to get surety of your salvation. If you fit in any of those three categories all across this place, those under the sound of my voice and the count of three, slip your hand up. One, two, three. Lift your hand. God bless you all the way in the back. I see that hand. Anybody else, raise your hand high. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. My, my, my. Thank you. 
Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Would you just pray this prayer? Just repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you all stand up on your feet as we formally close our service and like the Davis family to begin to come? The Haggertys, would you come also? Kamora, Minister David, Siobhan, would you come find your place up here? The Bloomquist also, Bloomquist family, come and find yourself a place. And we'll we'll go all the way across the front. Prophetic teams, would you would you begin to come? And uh, we'll have a little huddle here for a second. Let me close and bless you, all right? Starts at 9 o'clock. At, at, at 7 a.m., I'm going to have Pastor Bruno Frigoli come and bring the word of the Lord. At 7 a.m., we have a prayer meeting. We always have a prayer meeting at 7. It's no different tomorrow. I'd invite you to come. He'll be preaching, praying, prophesying. We're going to have a time of prayer. Be like a more of a devotional style from 7 to about 8. And you can go get breakfast, drink a cup of French roast. Hallelujah. Nine o'clock will start sharp. Register for the conference. God bless you. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for what you've done. Cause your face to shine upon your people. Lift up your countenance towards us. God, be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.